It's time now for God's word and I am bringing you the conclusion of our series on the secret of the Lord. And I'm speaking today on probably the shortest title of a sermon you will ever find and the title is AI. AI. This is the conclusion of our series on the secret of the Lord. Yesterday when I posted a title on Facebook, somebody called me when I lifted my, my phone, the person said, I. <laughs> I thought that was a nice response. The person just said, I. I liked it. Maybe that's the original pronunciation. So in this series, in part one, we spoke about RSVP, the secret of the Lord, revelation strategy victory and preservation part two was about god is not a formula and last week we spoke about restoration and said your hair is growing our foundational scripture is psalm 25 verse 14 and by now you should know it offhand psalm 25 verse 14 says the secret of the lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant there is a secret classified information that god has and he only shows it to a particular category of people those who fear him and he does that to show them his agreement with them. Our work with God is a work of dependence on him. When we lean on God and trust in God, we receive strategy and strength to win our battles and overcome our challenges in life. By depending on God, we are admitting that we are not adequately equipped to deal with the challenges that confront us in our health, in our family, in our businesses, in our careers, in our relationships. We say we cannot do it by ourselves. And so we lean on God as an admission of our inadequacy. Now, human nature is such that when you think you can handle something, you don't lean on God anymore. It is easier to lean on God for difficult situations than for seemingly easy situations. So, there's a temptation to be complacent when you face what looks like an easy situation. But that is where things can go so badly wrong as evidenced by our main scripture for today. So let's go to Joshua chapter 7 verse 2 to verse 6. Joshua chapter 7 verse 2 to verse 6. Let's hear the word of God. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai which is beside beth Aven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. 
So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not worry all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from gate from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads may the Lord bless his word may the Lord bless his word what did Jericho really mean Joshua and the people of Israel had just experienced or accomplished the greatest military victory of their lives Jericho was the end of a 40-year wait. Sometimes in your life, you wait a very long time to accomplish something. And when you finish it, you breathe in and you breathe out and you say, wow, we did it. Technically, it had taken them 40 years to conquer Jericho. 40 years earlier, they had spied out the land and overwhelmingly concluded that the land was full of giants and the land swallowed its own inhabitants they are therefore given up and remained in the wilderness 40 years later they had sent spies once again however this time a few things happened all of which involved clear directions from god First of all, after the spies brought a good report of their military intelligence, Joshua received a clear strategy from God about how to go about every single stage. The first was how to cross the Jordan miraculously. Let the priests lead, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, walk in this way, step into the water in this way, and the water parted and they crossed after crossing the jordan on the instructions of god joshua circumcised all the men of israel this was a new crop of men different from the batch that had left egypt the unbelieving men who had left egypt had all died by then so this was a new generation and circumcision in that instance was an act of renewal and dedication the most significant thing that happened to joshua was standing outside jericho and lifting his eyes and seeing a supernatural person with his sword drawn now typical military general when joshua saw the supernatural person 
he said are you for us or you are for our enemies but this supernatural being which theologians agree was the lord himself said to him no but as commander of the army of the lord i have now come somebody say i have now come somebody say i have now come there comes a time in your life where the lord will tell you now i have arrived i said there comes a time in your life where the lord will say now i have arrived you have gone round and round and round and round in doubt and fear but now i have arrived at the command of the lord joshua took off his sandals and worshipped at his feet that was the assurance he received that god was going to be with him throughout this mission in the meantime in chapter 6 verse 1 bible says jericho was strictly shut up so understand the context god has assured you that this one it will be well but the jericho you are trying to attack is still shut up and to give us context about jericho being shut up it is it is recorded that the walls of jericho were so thick that a full chariot could ride around on the wall imagine a wall so broad like from here to here that a chariot can ride on it how do you break down a wall like that so god gives an instruction that is not logical and divine strategy does not always make sense he says go around the wall every day for six days and on the seventh time go around seven times and shout and then the walls come down that is a reminder that in some of the battles that you face what god will tell you to do will not make sense it will not be logical you cannot wrap your mind around it using the tools you normally use in life how do you explain forgiveness when the person who hurt you so badly has not even repented and they are still laughing how but that could be god's strategy for you that could be the last barrier to cross to your promise so jericho represented what you may want to call finally the most critical moment 40 years ago when he said it was possible they wanted to stone you but now you were there you will note that in the early book part of the book of joshua god kept saying fear not fear not fear not that means that joshua was not too sure of himself so now having conquered jericho it's almost like the end of 40 years of delay and frustration but that brings us to another secret of the lord the battle that you feared so much that interview that you were so scared of i was with you and you went through it so now the spouse of jericho 
the, the, the benefits of the battle, this first battle, give it to me as first fruits. So God told Joshua that the very first battle, the battle of Jericho, every spoil of war should be dedicated to God. In Joshua 6, 18 and 19, it says, And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take up the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. The Hebrew word for that is harem, which means a devoted thing or a ban. A ban means you can't touch it. The verb for harem is haram, which many of us are familiar with, which means to ban, to devote, or to utterly destroy. So what you're saying is that this object is excluded from use or abuse and surrendered to God. So let me demonstrate with this vessel. This is a communion cup or vessel. This vessel is dedicated for use at the Lord's table. Which means that nobody can casually say, I want to drink yogurt. Or what do you drink? Apple juice. On any day and then take this cup and use it. What we have decided as a church is that this cup is separated from regular use and dedicated to celebrating the Lord's table. So that's what God did. God said to Joshua, it is not that when you win a battle, you can't keep the spoils of war. It is not that when you earn income, you can't spend all. But recognizing that, but for me, you will be nothing. Separate a portion that you say, this one, it is for God. Oh, yes, you could have used it. I can drink anything from this. You can use it. But you are separating it to say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, me, Akosia Mansa, where would I be? So nobody is forcing you, but you are looking at your life and saying, if you knew where God took me from, me separating or dedicating this to God is the least I can do. That was the agreement. It was a divine mandate and divine instruction. Let Jericho be the first fruits. The second reason why God made Jericho the first fruits is that there was so much more God wanted to give them. There were so many more battles they would win and so much more they would harvest. So God wanted them to pass the test of faithfulness. If I give you something, 
can you show yourself faithful so I give you more isn't it amazing how we often fail the test of faithfulness the person himself you knew when you were praying that your chance was zero not even two percent zero and yet when God opened the door and you got it you still are rationalizing whether to give it to God or not so Bible says that in spite of all this in Joshua chapter 7 verse 1 put it on the screen they failed the test of obedience because after everything that God has said Bible says but anytime you see but it means that in spite of everything that has been said the opposite happened but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding their casting for Achan the son of Kami the son of Zabdi the son of Zerah I like the way they mention your whole family they will mention you your father your grandfather they will mention or so that you, you will not be confused which Kami are you talking about they will mention the son of Mantia or the son of but you are a good man you are a good man you are also a good man but they mentioned your name the son of Yati so they mentioned Achan's whole family took of their cursed things so the anger of the Lord bend against the children of Israel the painful thing about all this is that Joshua did not even know he was going up and down believing that he was leading a winning army but there was a problem so the next battle was the first battle of Ai so here was Israel about to enter Ai and they sent spies as was their custom and the spies go to Ai and come back and say listen this strategic town on the main road between the north and the south that we must occupy is so small it's such a small town don't worry yourselves too much the army has just fought a big battle in Jericho and there are bigger battles coming so just take two or three thousand people and it's a small problem this is what I call the danger of AI some call AI artificial intelligence and yesterday when I posted it many people thought I was going to talk about artificial intelligence maybe yes it's artificial intelligence or fake intelligence because the advice that they gave was absolutely the opposite of what God would have told them to do why did they give that advice because of the spirit of complacency if I've been able to handle the big one, the small one, no problem. After defeating Jericho, they felt AI was just too small. Very often in life, your greatest temptation or your most vulnerable moment is after a big victory. Jesus was tempted after a 40-day fast. That's why in sports, 
Sometimes after scoring an important goal, the team concedes in the next few moments. Why? Because victory often leads to a sense of complacency that makes you vulnerable. The kind of guard, the kind of care, the kind of defense you have when you score, you let your guard down and say, easy. In a sense, AI is also that perception that there are bigger, more serious battles coming, so let's reserve our strength. Let me stay with sports and say sometimes a team will say, we have a Champions League match coming, so this, this one is some relegation team, B. let's take it easy. Then the team will score you. Is it familiar? When I talk about sports, there's some post face changes because their team is not doing well. Let's suffer together. <laughs> AI is that stopover that you say, oh, let's just take it easy because it's a rehearsal. The real concert is coming. In 1990, the whole world was shocked when for, for months they had been talking about undisputed, undefeated Mike Tyson versus undefeated Evander Holyfield. The whole world was debating the, the, the pairs, the dates, the time, and the stakes in that battle. And in 1990, Tyson went to face a guy called James Buster Douglas. It was supposed to be a routine fight, and the odds were 42 against one. It's not possible. How can Douglas win? This was Iron Mike. And to the shock of the whole world, in the 10th round, Douglas spoiled everything. Everything. He was not the main card. He was not the main. He came and spoiled everything. Sometimes in our lives, we find ourselves at a place where we have won the big battle. And the one that you said was easy, has put your back on the ground and you are licking your wounds and saying, what went wrong? I came to suggest to somebody that sometimes the biggest challenge we face is that for the big one, you trusted God. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on our way while we do his will he abides with us What peace we often forfeit. Oh, what meanness may we
look small but that is the one rather that has brought you down and you are counting your losses at ai ai is a place of disconnection it is a godless battle it is that one that you said i am fine this bid is a straightforward one i am the overwhelming favorite no prayer no divine strategy the good news i have for somebody is that repentance brings reconnection i said repentance brings reconnection when the people of ai defeated israel bible says they chased them they went with two or three thousand people and they were defeated and pursued to the gate and 36 men died and joshua sat on the floor and said hey i can't believe this i just can't believe this so they sat on the floor before the lord in repentance and bible says they put dust on their heads from morning till evening before the lord but you know what it's a good thing to repent when you realize that you have gone to this battle without god and it has not gone well the place to come is back to god and god said to joshua this is a very simple one once you put things right the direction will flow again he says there is somebody in the camp who has caused a lot of trouble so they cast lots and the lot fell on Achan. The name Achan means trouble. So they put Achan and the family in the valley of Akko and executed them. The valley of Akko also means trouble. So they put the troubler in the valley of trouble and put an end. But the most interesting thing is what happened next in the second battle of ai the same place where they had known shame the same place where they had known disappointment the very next chapter chapter 8 verse 1 put it on the screen so in joshua chapter 8 verse 1 we see the second battle of ai after sitting on the floor and repenting the lord said to joshua let's read it together and the lord said to joshua do not be afraid nor be dismayed take all the people of war with you and arise and go up to ai see i have given into your hands the king of ai his people his city and their land and verse 2 says now i give you permission when you win the battle the booty the spoil the cattle it is yours The second battle of AI is a place of divine strategy. Somebody says strategy. The first thing you notice that God says, take the full army with you. So 30,000 men were put in ambush. 10 times the original resources were put in ambush behind the city. Then on one side of the city, another 5,000 men were put there. Then the rest of the men 
with Joshua came to stand in front of Ai early in the morning. The moment the people of Ai saw them, a few of them, they said, one more time. They were guilty of the same thing Israel had done. They said, this one, easy. So the men of Ai went chasing the men of Israel. And Joshua ran. And they pursued him and he ran. The moment they ran to a point, at the instruction of the Lord, Joshua turns and he lifts his sword. May somebody who is being pursued by a situation turn and lift up God's word. The sword of the spirit. May you lift up the word of the Lord and may the forces of the Lord arise on your behalf. Bible says when Joshua lifted up the sword and stopped running, the 30,000 men on one side charged into the city and set the city on fire. So here were the men of Ai. On one side, 30,000 men burnt your city and are coming at you. On another side, another 5,000 coming at you and from in front of you, now Joshua turns and is coming towards you. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. But when we walk with the Lord and we trust him for guidance in a split minute, a situation that looks like it is working against you can suddenly turn in your favor. May I declare to somebody that in this season, at the instruction of the Lord, in a split second, from a position of running away from your enemy, may you turn and lift up God's word. And may the companies of heaven gather on your behalf. May the forces of heaven gather on your behalf. May God show somebody what they call a divine turnaround. 12,000 men of AI fell. It was a divine victory. But it also showed the flawed judgment of men. Because if the men of AI were 12,000, what was the military justification for sending only 2,000 people or 3,000? Be careful about trusting solely in the counsel of men. Bible says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. When all experts are spoken, present your plan to God. When all the experts have given you counsel, make time to kneel before the Lord and say, Lord, is this the way? Is there a hidden part of this battle? And the final lesson from AI is that there's a blessing in obedience. God says, once you have passed the, trust, the test of trust and given me your first fruits, now get ready. You will win battle after battle after battle and all the booty will be yours. Our work with God is a work of dependence. Our work with God is a work of trust. And when we learn to trust God, and honor him first he opens the doors of blessing 
upon our lives. Hallelujah. Bible says in Joshua chapter 8 verse 30 that after experiencing the victory over Ai, Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God in Mount Ebal. As Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded Israel and as it is written in the book of the law of Moses an altar of whole stones which no man has wielded an iron to and they offered burnt offerings unto the Lord may somebody return to the Lord today may somebody lift up your hands to God and say father I tried it by myself I trusted too much in my own strength I underestimated the challenge I was facing I underestimated the enemy I was facing I underestimated the competition I was facing and today here I am humiliated and disgraced but I thank you that you are the God of a second chance so as you lift your hands to God today you are saying it did not go well but my trust is still in you Joshua came back to God and said father I may make mistakes sometimes but I love you Lord and I lift my voice to worship you somebody is about to experience a turn around it may look big it may look impossible Lift up your hands to God.
Where would I be? One more time. If it had not Rise up to your feet. For 